This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted pride of West London podcast. And they say three's company. Well, I've got no idea why they say that because I don't want three to be company, especially when you lost three games in a row. And that's what Brentford have done. And I'm feeling a little bit despondent here. It's Sunday afternoon. I'm looking out my window here in the virtual joint, wishing I was actually sat here with my bodies, having a pint, chatting over the beer. Because uh, normally when you chat over a beer, it actually makes it feel a little bit better. But it doesn't feel so good now because that's the moment we're reaching out for answers to the questions. Because there's a lot of questions we've got and not a lot of answers. My name's Billy Grant. And like I said to you, I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my chums. I've got loads. Laney in the house. Laney, how you doing? I'm a lot better today um, than I was uh, just late lunchtime yesterday, and I was a lot better after the Swansea result. So, yeah, I think 24 hours and um, a little bit more information about how our rivals were doing has helped my mood, but... There's lots of big stuff to talk about today, so I'm really looking forward to this podcast. Definitely a lot of stuff to talk about, and I have to say, like you, I mean, like I said to you, we did a podcast straight after the QPR match, and that was proper hard. And I'll tell you something, if we'd uh, done a podcast straight after the match yesterday, there might have been all sorts of ambulances called and everything like that, you know what I'm saying? People jumping out of windows and everything, but I say that 24 hours does give you a little bit time to actually kind of pull back and sort of kind of sort of just just think about things and I had a good old think and I, I do feel a little bit better now and I feel a lot better because I'm joined by another one of my chums I've got Dr Katie B in the house Dr Katie B how are you doing well uh, like Laney much better today than I was yesterday feeling pretty sad yesterday afternoon not pleased with having my Saturday um, ruined uh, in such a in such spectacular fashion uh, but a little bit of a sleep and um, a nice walk and a bit of sun today I'm trying to find some positives, but I'm pleased to be back and pleased to be here with everyone. Trying to get the old glass half full type thing. I mean, yesterday, yes, you say that Saturday was ruined, but didn't you think it was better the fact that the Saturday was kind of ruined early on so that you can kind of get over it and then later on in the day you can kind of enjoy things? Whereas if it was ruined at like five o'clock in the afternoon, the whole evening's mash up, isn't it? 
Yeah, I think that is totally true. As I say, a little walk outside, nice cup of tea, bit of chocolate, and you know, the evening wasn't too terrible. Little flashbacks every now and then, but not not too terrible. Okay, too much information there, Katie. Dr. Katie B, as we say. And also, we've got, for the first time this season, and I'm very glad we tried to get her on for ages, but to be fair, she's been rather busy bringing up a little one into the world. We've got the amazing Gem. Gemma in the house. How are you doing, Gem? Hello. Um, yeah, all right. Um, quite similar to Kate in talking about whether, you know, feeling terrible and then feeling a bit better, except I didn't really get any sleep. So I'm still quite grumpy, to be honest. Um, I did have a nice trip to the brewery to pick up some beers after the game, which were very much needed. Um, but also, having drank them, I don't feel that much better today either. So <laughs> I might be providing the less optimistic view. You didn't get any sleep after the Coventry game or is it after the QPR game? Because, I mean, we're putting our minds back a little bit because your your family are all QPR. So they that are. was a particularly terrible evening for you, wasn't it? It was. It was horrendous. Um, I just about managed to get out of the uh, planned watch along, thank goodness, because that would have been oh, appalling. Um, but yeah, I did get some rather jubilant text messages, including my dad, who, I mean, I don't know if it's just because I'm a Brentford fan that I feel like this is a particularly low blow. But after I'd said that we'd basically given him the first goal, he came back to me with, yeah, but our stats are better than yours. And I'm like, how very dare you? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so the only good thing out of that was that he forgot to bet money on it. Um, so I'm still very much in credit on that front. So that, that was a, the only positive I could find out of the whole affair, to be honest. Do, do, do you call your dad liberal dad by any chance? You know, he sort of kind of uses the stats whenever whenever it's right for him, you know, and sort of parks it when it, when it doesn't suit him. Is that, is that, is that the way it works? Uh, I'm not sure liberal is quite the word I'd use to describe most of my Queen's Park Rangers supporting family. But um, yeah, in that, in that particular sense, yeah, I could definitely say he's uh, got something in common with uh, that faction. Yeah, OK, I hear that. I hear that. But listen, I mean, it's interesting because I was actually sort of thinking about this after the game and, you know, you might say i'll tell you something but what are you talking about but um after the game i was feeling a little bit like jesus how much longer is this going to go on for you know for me i was thinking oh it's you know the season's ebbing away a little bit but not only that i was thinking look back end of the season we have got no idea whether or not we're going to be going into the stadium or not you know and you know last season's bad enough okay yeah we might have gone up not gone in the stadium but you can handle that because it was like you know it's four or six or eight weeks but I'm thinking a whole season I was so certain that we're going to get back in the stadium at the back end be able to see our team hopefully cheer them on hopefully see some promotion but I'm sitting there thinking hold on a second we'll be going up this season either watching us on the tv in our house or even in the pub right either going up or actually losing in the playoffs or losing out again. I thought, it's the worst feeling ever. And at that time, I just thought, and I'm sitting there with my daughter as well, who is who's not seeing a, a promotion. She was too young when we got promoted the last time. She's trying to enjoy it, but she's kind of like, you know, walking off into her room every time we're losing games and stuff like that. And not really enjoying it. She's saying to me, I really wish we were in the stadium. We were in the stadium, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here watching my phone. I wouldn't be walking off here into the kitchen and doing these things. And I was thinking, the experience is definitely not the same. Then I thought to myself, if I could actually guarantee it next season that we can guarantee to go up other than this season, I would actually much prefer if we didn't go up this season, went up next season, boom, in the stadium from day one, enjoying it, going up and down the country, in the pubs, beer with your mates, having a bit of a laugh and going up. Because for me, 
even if we went up this season, I'm sort of thinking it could be a little bit of a kind of like just not the same as your your Peterboroughs, as your Cambridges, even even the, the Darlington, which is a bit rubbish. It'll be worse than that. And I, I didn't think any going up would be worse than that. I mean, your thoughts on that, Laney? Yeah, well, you've 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 hit the nail on the head there. If you if you were able to choose, but life 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 is not like that, and football certainly not like that. You you can't you can't choose. You can only uh, kind of make the most of the opportunity that's in front of you, and then to to kind of like uh, to, to 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 miss out on what's possible this year, just just so it's better for for us as fans next year. Um, you know, it's an opportunity that you know the players won't be won't be concerned about, the club won't be concerned about. Um, yeah, I know, I, I get your, I, I I completely understand where you're coming from. You know, as as football fans, we're desperately missing that the vibe. Um, you know, the you know, I was joking with you yesterday morning. You know, what 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 station are we going from this morning, Bill? Because I I'm always so disorganised. I get on the train up to London for an away game, and I'm never quite sure whether it's St Pan. Chris or King's Cross on meeting you there's always a panicked text going which which one is it Bill and yesterday you know so I sent it um so start just the just the normality and the just that and the comrade the camaraderie and the, the fun is 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 missing um and yeah it would be incredible to be at the stadium when when we go up or the for the running if that's not going to be this year I I can't I I just don't think we're you know, I don't think we're equipped to wait another year. I think the players will move on. Um, I think we'll just miss out on just a massive, massive opportunity if if we don't take what's right in front of us. Um, so yeah, it, it made the Coventry defeat even harder as well because normally we've got each other to make to make each other feel better. And I know we do that to a certain extent on WhatsApp, but it's not the same really, is it? As having a good rant afterwards, then having three or four pints too many, and then kind of just going, ah, oh, balls, keep football out of football. That's what we normally do. Football Yesterday would have been a perfect example of why football is the only thing that can ruin a good day out of football. But we had to watch it at home. We, there was no escape. So, yeah. I miss it, Bill. Yeah, I hear that as well. I mean, Dr. KEB, can I stop calling you doctor now? Because we all know that you're a doctor, right? You know, so, but listen, I mean... You can, you can. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, my thought was like, you know, I thought, you know, my daughter said to me, she goes to me, so if we go up, what games are you really looking forward to? And I'll, uh, you know, if, she said if, not when, if. And I went, well, uh, uh, Fulham. Well, that's if they don't get relegated. And she goes, what else? I said, well, I don't know, maybe Newcastle. We've been there before, you know, probably Bristol Palace. I'm quite looking forward to that. But, you know, it's in London. What else? What? Liverpool? Not really. Manchester United? Yeah, maybe. Haven't been there. Manchester City? We've been there. It's a bit rubbish. Yeah, you know, Tottenham? Nice stadium. And all of a sudden, I just thought, actually, (laughs) a lot of the games don't actually seem as exciting. as Maybe I'm just sort of kind of like, you know, conditioned to lower league football. Like, you know, but just sort of going to the places that we go to Preston and borough i'm just so enjoy going to those places and you know that there's some good characters there and sheffield wednesday as we're going to talk a bit later tango's going to come on and chat to us a little bit later in this podcast and he's a great guy and and i just sort of figure i just i just i just don't know katie b i mean what 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 are your thoughts yeah i think it's a difficult one isn't it because like there's some brilliant football in the championship 
And we all keep talking about how it's a really tough league, but it's also a really entertaining and exciting league. And you don't know what's going to happen, like the results yesterday, you know, like our little run, like whatever's happening to Bournemouth and Watford. You don't know what's going to happen. And that does make it like super exciting. And there is just that anxiety about going up that a lot of the football at the bottom end of the Premier League is nothing really to write home about. And certainly some of the top end championship football is better than some of the bottom end Premier League stuff. Um, but I guess, I, like Laney, I'm a bit worried about uh, what damage did we do not going up last year? And if we now don't go up this year, what do we double that damage? Um, so that's that's my sort of anxiety. So I'm definitely in the please, 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 can we go up this year? Saying that, it sucks not being there. So, saying that, of course it does. And we, we miss each other. I mean, Gemma, it's interestingly because you're, you're a person who kind of, you, you know, you flip on both sides. Sometimes you like the lovely How idea of you? the success, <laughs> the, the success that we might have. But on the other side, side, you also are really worried, like a lot of us sometimes, that the more successful that you are or you could be, it actually can ruin you as a football club and, 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 and what's going on around you. So sometimes, I mean, I know there's some people who just don't want us to do well at all because they want Brentford just to be good old Brentford that they were 10, 15, 20 years ago. But also there is a difference where some people will want us to be successful but are, are worried that success might ruin us. And I get a feeling a lot of the time that's the kind of side of the fence that you sit on. Is that right? Yeah, no, that's completely right. Um, I mean, I'm like you, Bill. I enjoy a bit of non-league, to be honest. Uh, and sometimes I enjoy it more than I enjoy coming to Brentford. Not always, but sometimes. And I think for me, it's just... We, we have such an amazing vibe at the club and we have done for all this time. And for me, I think we will lose some of that when we go to the new stadium or now we have gone to the new stadium because, um, you know, the players are going to be that have that little bit more separation from us than they did at the old ground and uh, and things like that. But I think, yeah, the, the Premier League will be the next step to that. And I think everything that puts more space between the club, the people that work there, the players and the fans... And going up to the Premier League, for sure, will do that. Um, you lose a little bit. And I don't think you get it back. If you look at the teams that have gone up and come back down, they don't lose their Premier League-iness, uh, even if the football's then terrible. Um, and I think that's something that we are going to have happen to us. I think, you know, it's eventually we'll go up, it seems to be. Uh, and that's going to happen to us. But I think, to be honest, it's already started. Um and we just have to try and work it so that we are always that little bit different and always that little bit more fan focused than maybe other clubs because that's all we can do. In terms of going up, though, I mean, look, I really want to go up because that is the whole point of football is winning. And I have to remind myself sometimes, otherwise I just think, yeah, but it's really nice this bit where you win most of the time and, you know, you've got closeness in your club and all of that. Well, and, and I know for sure I won't enjoy half of the things of being in the Premier League if we get there. Um and to be honest, what is good being in a you know in a division like that? It's all about the away games, and you know, okay, I'm looking forward to more away games probably than than you guys are because I've been to kind of a few less of the grounds. But I do sometimes think, Jim, you don't even get to that many away games at the moment because of the little. And actually, if we went up this season, would we get to any? Because yeah, okay. Fans are going to be back in grounds. Home fans are going to be back in grounds. Are away fans going to be back in grounds straight away? How long is that going to take? So if we go up now, uh, and I, I agree with the guys, if we don't go up now, I'm not sure we will go up for quite you know a number of more years. But if we go up now, yeah, we might miss going up. We also could miss quite a lot of those away games because I'm not convinced at all that away fans will be letting grounds straight away. So 
yeah, it's a really, really conflicted time. But I don't know. I just want to. I just want to win. I just want to win the league. I almost don't care what happens after. So, so I'm going to ask the question, and I'm going to throw a little caveat in there. And this is uh, this is just, just this is fun. This is just fun at the moment now. So don't take it serious. If we were able to keep exactly the same team that we've got now, so Rico Henry stayed, and Ivan Tony stayed, and Pontus Janssen stayed, and Raya stayed, everyone stayed as it is, okay, and we took exactly this same team and we either said we'll go up this season and say, for example, hypothetically, we actually managed to, to get over our little pitfalls now and we managed to go up, we could do it this season, or we take exactly the same team, maybe even bolster it a little bit, and we do it ne- and we go to next season, we do it, what would you, you know, which we can guarantee will be in the stadium with fans, what would you go for Katie B? Same team at the same level in the stadium with fans. Yes, I will take that. Laney? Um, I'll take it this season. I just don't think that the pressure of the fans that will put on not going up again um, is is something I want to go through. Um, I just That's the least enjoyable thing of, of, of losing. Well, the thing that makes it even worse is just like this, the, 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 the fervour, the, the, just this... This this massive anger, yeah. I think I think all of our stress levels would be would be better if we go up this year. I mean, I've got a lot, of, and I I hear what you're saying because there's a lot of people that just expect Brentford to be there just for some reason, even though teams have been spending a lot more money but us or, than us. But I, I I hear exactly what you're saying, Laney. I, I think there's an argument to that to say that you know once you start the new season and you've played three or four or five games and you're top of the league, everyone seems to forget that. But anyway, also Gemma, your thoughts? If it was guaranteed then for sure whenever we could be there is when it is and you know I mean god knows we waited long enough to get out of league one I can wait a little bit longer to get out of the championship but same as the guys I don't I don't think it's very likely so I don't know and could we could we do with cheering up at the moment this year maybe but no I mean fans fans at football football is fans it has to be that way if it's guaranteed it's got to be that way so yeah I'm, I'm with you but only with a guarantee so you would go for the following season yeah Right, and I'd go. I'd go for the following season again, which is interesting. Again, it's all hypothetical, and uh, and it's interesting because if you speak to Leeds United fans, they would have said, "I don't care. I don't. Go, we just want to go up now." Well, they only watch on the telly, don't they, Bill? <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, because they're they're champions of Europe. That's the reason why. But anyway, listen, there's a good chat that. Um, but oh god, we've got to go down a little bit now and actually go and talk about the game on Saturday when we lost to Coventry. Um, tell you something. We actually might have a good chat about that as well. Listen, let's have a little bit of a break. Let's come back. And after the break, let's talk about Coventry. So we went up to Coventry. Well, actually, we didn't go to Coventry. We went to that place where we always seem to lose recently. We went up to Birmingham, to Birmingham Stadium, St. Andrews. And we lost yet again to a Coventry team who, to be fair to them, were very well organised. They were quite potty for it. And we just couldn't, we couldn't handle it. I mean, I thought to start off with, we would have done all right, but we just just didn't grow into the game. And, uh, well, you know, we, we, we lost, basically. I mean, just, just me having a little bit of think about this. And, you know, OK, listen, there were a number of changes in that game. Obviously, Ivan Tony not being there to start off with. Everyone went for, oops, <clears throat> this is a little bit of a problem. But then people thought, no. Because we've got a, a big enough squad, a broad enough squad. We've got Marcus Force, who you know he's a very renowned striker. He's he's been known as like, like you know the best, the best finisher in 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 the uh, in in the club, and he hasn't been given the chance. So this is a perfect opportunity for him to show what he was going to do. So we just relaxed and thought that's fine. We know Hendrik Galsgaard was out, 
you know, big player Henrik Dalsgaard, but we thought, tell you something, you know, we've got other players that can fill in, you know, so we had Roslev coming in, he's done all right beforehand. You know, we had, you know, I don't know, there was a number of changes in that side and we thought we'll be able to handle it, but the game, when the game started, I think very quickly we started to realise that not only with the changes in the side, but also with a number of key players just not playing up to their standard, we were on a little bit of a struggle there and looking for something out of the blue Tony you know Ivan Tony sometimes gives you something out of the blue he can latch onto a ball he can put his foot in somewhere he can take a player out and and he can get in before a player and and put the ball in the back of the net or play the ball into an area where somebody else could score we just didn't seem to be getting out of that and we just seemed to be running out of ideas and you know Coventry they were pretty much in control for the whole of that match even though to be fair both the goals that they got were not high class goals I mean they got a penalty which, you know, you can argue whether or not it was a penalty or not. And also there was a massive ray of fluff as well for the second goal. So if those two things didn't happen, it would probably be a nil-all draw. But, you know, they got their chances and they took it. And uh, and we didn't get the three points. What is a little bit more worrying is the fact that we've lost three games in a row now. And a lot of people are saying, I mean, I was on the second tier podcast again this week and they asked me, you know, the question, do you think Brentford are in a slump? The wheels have come off which is the immediate thing that people will say when you've lost two or three games in a row and you look back to what happened at the back end of last season when we were on, you know, eight games unbeaten, then we lost a couple of games and everyone went, oh, the wheels have fallen off. And it's like, well, we just won eight games. So, you know, and I think it's the exact situation now where we've won 20 plus games now. We've lost three games in a row, but you throw that into the mixer and it doesn't look that bad. However, there is a bigger picture here. Laney, is there not that we are not going forward we're kind of going backwards at the moment now and does that make you worried I was really worried what I saw yesterday um, the lot <clears throat> the loss of Ivan Tony before kickoff uh, you know you're right you, you could be in a being an optimist you could go right okay yeah Marcus Force is going to come in um, he, he has looked very impressive uh, at, at stages earlier on in the season and um, you know so that so that was okay <clears throat> it, it, obviously we we're a bit concerned how long Ivan Tony is going to be out for um, from what the noises, you know, the quotes from him himself on Twitter, from what Thomas Frank said, um, it looks like he, you know, he might be back midweek, and if he's not back midweek, it might be next weekend. <clears throat> so fingers crossed that is that is the case. Now, what I found more worrying or most worrying that I didn't feel like I was watching Brentford yesterday. Uh, there was almost pressure. Well, there was precious little at all. Um, of the positive, uh, expansive, um, f- beautiful football, it, 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 it was we were devoid of that, you know. And you you you, you mentioned that you know Rosliff came in for Dalsgaard. Um, you've got yeah Godos starting. Um, there was no Josh de Silva starting. Mbwemo got got the got the you know the the, the nod ahead of him. Um, uh, but from every single player looked like they were playing with a dark cloud hanging over them. And I, and I said um, afterwards, it, it looked like something had happened. Like, is this something happened? We don't we're, we're not aware of because that wasn't my Brentford I watched yesterday. You know, yeah, the two games before it was the third game, um, third defeat on the spin. But in both of those games, um, you know. Barnsley, fine. They 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 pressed us and pressed us and pressed us, and we just didn't have a response to that. You know, we were, we were slightly flat. We still created enough chances in that game to to get a draw. 
Um, and then at QPR, we, we, we had a really decent first half and we started the second half decent. So that my Brentford, I'll call it, wasn't missing then. <clears throat> but yesterday, um, in that awful white kit as well, um, we just, as I said, I, I, I can't describe it any other way. Like We look like we've come off a coach after a massive argument and just gone out and played a game of football. I mean, and I, I say played a game of football. I mean, like like you and I would just go and have a game of football over the park. You know, we were kicking the ball around and going through the motions and, and kind of trying, but there was no there was no urgency. There was no shape, really. There was no... Um, uh, game plan. It seemed we were playing as if Ivan Tony was there. Did anyone tell the rest of the players that Ivan Tony wasn't playing in that game um, because they were treating Marcus Force as if he was Tony? Um, and you know there was also criticism of of, um, of Marcus Force. Like why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he doing that? Well, he's not that player. He, he isn't Ivan Tony. Um, so hitting the ball long. Um, what he, you know, he, he wants he wants Scott Hogan kind of service. Balls played through the you know behind for him to run onto, um, given to him on the edge of the area so he can beat a man or take it and use his clinical sharp shooting. You know, he didn't get a sniff. Um, and Brentford, I thought, were just flat, completely and utterly devoid, as I said, of any kind of imagination. And that that's what concerned me. It wasn't the third defeat. I mean, obviously. Three defeats would still have been worrying. The bigger concern for me was just the body language and how we looked alien to how we have done for the rest of the season so far. So that's the bigger concern for me, Bill. Katie B, talking about body language, I mean, Thomas Frank in his post-match interview on Sky, he, he made a number of points. He said, you know, we're not performing as good as we were before, which we all know that that's true. <clears throat> he also said, though, Every team goes through this. So he's done the old, you know, everyone's going to go through it. And to be fair, you know, Swansea, after, you know, taking the piss out of us in the in the morning, they got absolutely smashed to pieces, you know, 4-1 by, uh, by, by Huddersfield, who are relegation threatened as well in the afternoon. So you have to realise that, you know, this league is a real leveller. I'm trying to say that with that smile on my face um, as well. And also, <laughs> stop it. And he said, you know, and he also says that we make mistakes as a team, which is true because we do make mistakes. Um However, do you think that there is something more in it than this? Because those are sort of throwing out excuses that you would always expect and they're a little bit soundbite and they don't really explain what the issue really is. I'm just wondering what your thought is. Yeah, I thought he was definitely a bit more soundbite than um, we're perhaps used to hearing him um, in those post-match interviews. I, I mean, I, to me, it looks a little bit like um, they've been a bit set, I think the team felt like they've been a bit set up to fail because you know had that loss against Barnsley looked like maybe we were doing all right against QPR but then that turned into a loss as well and then I think those changes did not help us to sort of settle and build on the good bits from the QPR match because it's like Brian is obviously lacking in confidence so okay give him a, a game give him a chance but then you've got to put like you need he needs Dalsgaard behind him he needs someone solid experience um, you know who, who's going to be there to back him up like not Roslev who's who's fine but two changes on that side felt like too much um, and as Laney's just pointed out it's all very well putting force in but then you've got to change to make sure you're playing the game that's going to suit him and every time force has come on recently he's come on with Tony on the pitch so he's had a different 
different sort of playing experience to the one he was thrown into um, yesterday. And yeah, it was like frustrating to not see him get on the end of stuff. And it was frustrating to think maybe Tony would have got that. But it's also, you know, you've got to play to force his strengths, which it didn't feel like we were doing. And then Jensen, Canos and Raya all felt like they weren't at the level that we might necessarily expect them to be. Um, and then, as you say, it did really look like heads went down. People looked um, unsettled by it. And Thomas Frank looked unsettled by it. He generally looks pretty cool in his technical area. Um, but he absolutely didn't yesterday. And I thought that was quite, you know, worrying as well. And, you know, talking about Thomas Frank being quite cool. <clears throat> again, coming back to the post-match uh, interview on Sky as well. When they went in for the jugular and they asked him about last season losing in the playoffs and the psychological side of Brentford, and they asked him about the mentality shift and whether or not the players are able to handle it. He shut down the interviewer so quickly. Like, you know, he wasn't his normal, cool Thomas Frank self. He just went, no, 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 nothing, nothing. There's absolutely nothing here. And also he looked tired in his face and he looked kind of concerned and worried in his face and probably a little bit angry. And for me, that kind of was worrying to me because we know what he's like we've been down the pub with him he's normally so cool even the missus you know when we saw at the beginning of the match and he did his interview beforehand and he was chatting away she's going you've got a real cool character as a, as a manager haven't you like you know and I said yeah he's probably cool but he wasn't cool after the match and like I said we kind of come back to this where we talked about the fact that Brian Rema did an interview in a podcast called Mediano um, a few weeks ago and this like I said this popped up and he talked about a number of different issues on this podcast but like I said we discussed this last week and you know we said that we're going to come back and discuss it a little bit more you know one of the things that they talked about on this podcast was last season and they talked about the the, 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 the you know us going into the back end of that last season and whether or not we were able to help um, you know we were able to sort of kind of handle it and, you know, apparently, like he said on the podcast, and again, it had to be translated in the, in the changing room after the Barnsley loss. People were crying and others were screaming of frustration. Ollie Watkins told him that there was, was the, 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 that there's more than anything else he wanted to play in the Premier League with Brentford. And he felt that they had all let him down. He also admits that when West Brom gave him the opportunity to take the second spot last season, everything, everything changed in the camp. Many players didn't sleep the night before the 1-0 loss to Stoke. And him, you know, Rima and, and Thomas couldn't handle their nervousness as well. So, you know, listen, it shows that they're human beings for a start. You know, they're 100% they're human beings, which is, which is cool. And we know that. Um, they're also all learning the game here. But I'm just wondering if this is something that's, which is actually reliving itself out again. Because, you know, like I said to you, we had the chance to go top of the league. We didn't do, I mean, me and Laney had a little bit of a laugh last week saying <laughs> maybe maybe Brentford should lose a few more matches and then end up in fourth place so we could actually start climbing up the ladder again rather than sort of looking down because we're probably better at doing that. But it's, it's not a joke because we kind of need to kind of get ourselves, you know, we need to, we talked about wanting to go up. If we want to go up, we need to start winning matches like this Coventry game. We need to stop feeling the pressure and just going out and doing that. And I thought that we got over those hurdles of last season, but it looks like maybe we haven't. Gemma, what do you think? I think this is really interesting. Like the way the way it's gone, okay, we have a young squad and you can argue that they don't know how to win or a lot of them don't know how to win. Um, not to say that they always lose and they know how to win games, but they've not largely had that experience of finishing the season off and winning. Um, 
I mean, you look at the more experienced um, people in the in the squad and around the club, and probably they've got more experience of of, of finishing a season and not winning. Um, but we'll probably leave that there because uh, Pontus won't like that comment. Sorry, Jamie. When you say winning, you mean getting promotion or something? I don't like mean that. winning games. No, I mean yeah. yeah, winning the season, get promotion, winning winning the thing at the end. And I don't know. For me, I think we've got a couple of things going on here. That the players did look like something was up. They looked like they're, they're, something was in their heads and what was it? And it might be that they're feeling the pressure and it could be that. And But one thing that I thought was this, in these last couple of games, OK, we've lost the game. Then we, we expected probably even halfway through the QPR game to probably win that and we didn't. And now you think, OK, maybe they are feeling the pressure. But around that same time is when this Brian Reamer interview is starting to come out. People are starting to notice it. People are starting to talk about it. And one thing that I wondered was actually... Could that in itself be the issue? Could it be that the players have seen this? Because let's be honest, plenty of them can understand that that discussion better than we can. You know, there's plenty of uh, Danish speakers in there. And actually, does it start to be, or could it be, that they've read some of that or listened to some of that and they're starting to feel a little bit betrayed and maybe a little bit like their management team doesn't believe in them? And if that's the case, and I hope that it isn't, if that's the case, we could have an even bigger long-term problem. Because if that means the management are starting to lose the trust of the players, then we really, really could have a problem on our hands. And that's what worries me at this point. Hopefully it isn't that. Hopefully it's so much simpler. I mean, really interesting point that, Gemma. You know, there might be a trust issue, but you'd also like to think that the squad, as they are, you know, they'll be actually a lot more open and they'll probably actually realise this. And, you know, that, that you know... That, They'll all know that it's an issue. It's probably something that they've discussed themselves anyway. And maybe it's something that they've got over. What I think is quite interesting, because you talked about it coinciding with um, the Brian Reamer interview, which, you know, may or may not have had an effect. I think it's interesting, and I'm not saying 100% it's got anything to do with that, but sometimes you like to let the status quo to remain as it is. You know what I'm saying? Superstition, you may say. I mean, I know that our owner, Matthew Benham, doesn't believe in superstition at all, so they'll say it's absolute rubbish. It's all about the numbers. It's all about how you're doing. But also, I think there's a psychology thing going on as well. Now, some people might say it might have been mere coincidence that we've seemed to have lost three games in the time that we've actually decided to stop doing the knee as well, which is kind of like, you know, that's something that we used to do all the time, and it was just part of our routine whether or not people liked it or didn't like it it just kind of was part of the routine and I know we stopped doing it but it's almost like we stopped the, the reason why we stopped doing it I understand from Tony, Tony's point of, uh, Tony's point of view which again is I think it's very important for us to point out that he has explained the reason why he's doing it because they feel a little bit puppets by the the bigger companies for doing it but things aren't changing and we said this before that that may be the reason why however not putting something into place is a little bit like, okay, that's fair enough, so you're going to stop it, but why are you not going to do it? And isn't doing something better than not doing nothing? Now, the fact that they've changed it, I don't know whether or not there were conversations between the players, whether or not some players did want to, didn't want to do it, whether or not there's some, some mentality thing going on, but there's maybe a major coincidence with the fact that we've done three games without the knee and there's three games that we've lost in a row. And for me, I'm just sort of thinking, why couldn't we just completely keep it the same because everything seemed to be going all right a week and a half ago and now it seems to be going horribly wrong lady oh right so are we talking about right reamer or the knee do whatever just throw it in oh uh, right okay so i i put i read what he said the transcription and um i don't I, I personally don't think there's kind of those kind of taboos over certain um topics in the camp i think they 
to all talk openly and I think um, I think the failure or the the nerves or the kind of hitting hitting the wall of confidence um, last last season I think that happens it's not unique to Brentford I think that happens to every single club that goes into that game um, and uh, goes into you know an automatic promotion um, situation where you know it, it's they've not been at the top of the season or um, top of the, t- the table all year um, and yeah I, I'm, I'm sure it, it did get very nervy in fact I'm so sure it got nervy because I felt exactly the same and so did so did all of us none of us slept and if if I'd, I'd find it more freaky if they they all um, they all, they all really slept like babies and uh, they weren't feeling they weren't feeling the the jangle of the nerves at all. I think um, going into the, the the Fulham game where we lost, I, I, I don't think we looked nervy that night. Um, you know, it was nil nil at the end of ninety minutes. We went into extra time. That's, that's you know, I thought I thought we we you know it, it didn't end up the way we wanted it to but it wasn't you know it wasn't like a, you know we, we, we just hit the buffers and we'd lost 6-0 and we just we just cracked and everyone was you know kicking the ball out so uh this situation we we're in now is not the same as that either so we're we're, we're not at the end of the season and I, so i don't think hitting the top of the table would be a uh, a, that big a deal to them, I think they all know it's one game at a time. That's been that's been battered into them. It's been battered into us in post-match press conferences. Um, I just literally thought the 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 luck and the and we just ran out. We ran out of steam. That 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 run was going to end at some stage. It ended up against Barnsley with that press, and we didn't have an answer to it on the day. Um, luck didn't go our way, um, and you know we we've spoken about what the second half happens at Loftus Road yesterday I think is different to all of those um, and I, I just hope that um, we can see us regroup and come back on Wednesday hopefully that's going to happen but listen tell you something what we need to do is get a little bit more numbers and a little bit more statistical information on what went down in that Coventry game and then we're going to come back and chat a little bit more but first of all let's go to Will the spreadsheet winker and find out exactly what went down on the numbers game in that commentary match. It feels like an age since our last win in the Reading game, and even longer since our last clean sheet. But the performances just aren't there at the moment for the Bees. We are barely creating anything and are conceding at a far higher rate than we have all season. In terms of XG, Bees made 0.54 and Coventry made 2.0. Nearly half of the Sky Blues XG came from their 19th minute penalty after Rico Henry was adjudged by the assistant referee to have dangerously brought down Max Biermu. Walker converted the penalty, automatically a 76% chance. But even without the penalty, we were comfortably second best in this match. Coventry compounded their lead in the 55th minute after a difficult pass from Raya to Godos in an attempt to break the high press was intercepted and Walker converted a difficult chance from around the penalty spot. It had 0.37 xG. The biggest chance the Bees created all afternoon came in the 21st minute when Matthias Jensen failed to head home from a perfectly weighted early cross from Godos. It was the sort of free kick routine which Ivan Tony would have excelled at converting, but the Dane is nowhere near as good with his head as our injured target man and meekly headed to the keeper's feet. So, what is the issue with our attack then? It's partially to do with Coventry's high press, actually even higher than Barnsley's, with the Sky Blues allowing just 7.48 passes per defensive action to Brentford's 8.85. Because of this, our average of 2.48 counter-attacks with shots per game was limited to just one in this match. 
We also again struggled to get the ball into the box in dangerous areas, with the majority of our shots being from out wide and far from goal. This contributed to our miserable two shots from nine on target. In short, this is one of the worst performances the Bees have had all season. A perfect storm of lots of injuries, a high-pressing opponent and luck running out for low XG goals made this a painful watch. But again, with struggling Sheffield Wednesday beckons, beaten by ten times better Birmingham City at the weekend, and a team who presses much, much less than our recent opponents. Let's hope for a response from Frank and his men in that match. There you go, Will, the spreadsheet winker, who's giving us <laughs> more bad news. Maybe, Will, you might have to go, mate, because every week you're delivering bad news for us, and I think it might be your fault as well. You know, we didn't take the knee, we got the winker on, and it's all going horribly wrong. Actually, no, we're only joking. So um, 1.67 to 0.83, so again, we got beaten in the XG. To be fair, they got a penalty, though, you know, but still, I think that, you know, Tell you something, there's a few things here, and like I said to you, I think the signs have been here for a while. It's not been one or two or three weeks, it's been here for a while. And uh, I just did a little bit of analysis here myself, okay? So, looking at this season compared to last season, okay, the, the problem is it's not in offence, it's not in our attack, it's actually in defence, you know? We, we, had the, we had the best defence in the league about six weeks ago. So, you know, we're currently second... Right, you know, with 57 points. Last season, we're fifth with 53 points at exactly the same spot. So we're doing better. So listen, that's all good, you know. Last season, we had let in 25 goals when we were fifth. This season, we have let in 34 goals and we're second, okay? Right, last season, we scored 52 goals at this exact same point. This season, we've scored 56. So we're scoring more goals. Last season, we won 16 games. And this season, we've won 16 games. So we've won exactly the same amount of games. But last season, we'd lost 10 at this time of the season. And this season, we've lost six. So you can see where it is. We're not losing those games. Probably those 1-0 games that we were drawing or losing last time, we are actually winning those. And that's why we were ahead of the game this season. Now, interestingly, this time last year, second place leads had won 16, like us, like you know. Lost eight, you know, um, and we've lost 10, you know, uh, goals for 46, goals against 28, goals difference was 17 and they had 55 points and they're in second place, okay, we're in 57 points, okay, in second place, so you can see that in first place West Brom, they'd won 16 as well, just like us, lost four, so they hadn't lost very many games, okay, goal difference was 22, they'd scored 55 and let in 33, so they'd actually let in more goals than even we had done and they're at the top of the league. And they had 59 points. So this is kind of giving you an, an idea of where we are compared to last season. And it's all, all boiling down to defence. Also, like I said to you, and just coming off the back of that, you know, the XG, some people love it, some people hate it. But the fact is that, you know, we have had a um, the, the XG for the opposition over the last few weeks and for a while has been, you know, um, higher than it has been. Basically, we're giving them more opportunities. Okay, you know, um, Bournemouth, Watford, Swansea, Peony, Stoke. Throughout the season, you know, we've had that as well. Then after Wickham, we had Bristol City. We, we had, you know, Reading. We had Barnsley. We had QPR. And we've had the Coventry match as well. So, you know, those teams have been having more opportunities and be giving them more good opportunities than we had back in the day as well. And for us. We've kind of like for a lot of matches as well, RXG has not been sky high. It's been all right. But because we've been keeping the defence tight, we've been sneaking these wins out as well. Like, you know, so what's happened is that all of a sudden when we start letting the goals in, right, we start giving them those big opportunities, letting the goals in. 
it's all going a little bit horribly wrong and it all stems towards again it's the Pontus Janssen issue for me I mean I know we don't revolve all around one player but if defence is the issue he was the person that was brought in to solve this issue and the fact that he's been out and out for so long and we have started to slump and listen this is not dissing Mads Mads Beck listen wicked man you've, you've come out from the B team and you've done great and what you've got to do but over a long period of time you know we need some consistency in that defence and we're not getting it and you could you could see where the problem is but on the plus side you can also see where it needs to be fixed can't you lady? yeah uh, but you know Again, I, I don't want to keep repeating myself. I, I, I haven't got a problem with the Barnsley defeat and I haven't really got a problem with the QPR defeat apart from it was against them. Um, I think it was, again, inevitable that you've gone 22 games without losing. You are going to lose a couple. And marginal games, Middlesbrough away, they battered us for bits of that and we come out 4-1 winners. So all, a lot of luck and a lot of their bad finishing... There were chance, they had chances that you know that have have gone in the last couple of weeks or the last couple of games rather, um, but they didn't go in against Middlesbrough. So the biggest problem is the the attitude, the the body language, and the the way we looked yesterday. And I think Thomas Frank picked the wrong team, and I think he picked the wrong uh, game plan. I think that, that those two things make, made yesterday happen. You know, we should have started with uh, with with um, Josh De Silva on the pitch, um, and and we, and we 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 should have started with Dalsgaard. You know, those those two those two things made a massive amount of difference to our the way thing how yesterday turned out. Now, I don't think I still I see sorry I do think it's too early to start talking about slumps, and I do start. It is really. I find it really frustrating to hear our own fans at the moment calling us bottle, bottlers, jitters. We've we've crapped ourselves. Um, I, I don't. I don't think we have. You know, just get get behind them and give them an opportunity to to put this right. I I I think it's. I think the the tendency is to kind of just always want to know how the season's going to end. We've got another fifteen games or whatever it is. You know, there's this bags to go, and you know, Swansea they crapped themselves yesterday. You know, it, 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 these situations, these problems aren't unique to Brentford. All of the teams around us are going to have wobbles. We're having a little one at the moment, a little wobble, I'd say. And then if it gets bigger, then yeah, of course, we talk about it getting a bigger wobble. But you know, let's let's not chuck too much at them because it, it, it's got to filter through. You know, if our own fans are saying, you know, we believe that our players have bottled it already, that, that's that's not a, that's not a nice look. I, I don't think. Um, you know, yeah, we talk about the games, but we can only really talk about the last two or three. I think. I think the the Barnsley game, as I said, the, there was always going to be one game where that that run ended. That's that one. Second half performance against QPR. I got a problem with that. And then you you look to go to Coventry yesterday, and you look for a reaction, and that didn't happen. I got a problem with that. So I think we're looking at a game and a half where I don't. I think. Brentford have fallen well short of what's expected um, and they've got to put it right and that includes picking the right team and um, getting some energy back in the team. We're missing four leaders on the pitch, uh, Thomas Frank said. Okay, the spine of the team, which is Pontus, Janssen, Norgard, Tony and Dalsgaard. Now, we've got those four players, they weren't on the pitch, but there's an argument also to say that we should have other leaders on the pitch. I know Gemma, I mean, your thoughts on that and anything else that you want to talk about? 
I think for me, I think this is really interesting. I differ a little bit from Laney. Well, I usually do because he's really positive and I'm not. <laughs> um, I, I differ a little bit in, I think, I think this is a worrying time, not necessarily because we've lost three games and because we won all those games before, but I think it's the timing, isn't it? You've got a couple of things happening here. You've got, we've lost the games. You've got the fact that we've lost three games now, which is not nothing. It's quite a bit. You've got lots of teams around us that are going to be around us, and it seems like it's going to be quite a tight league. And then you think to yourself, at the same time as all of this, we've then got these additional injuries from Tony, which hopefully will, he'll be back soon, soon. This injury to Rico, which I worry about a lot, you know, and that's on top of the other things and some of the players are seeming to be knackered. And I think the thing that makes me worry more that this, not necessarily that this is a slump of itself, but that it might turn into one, is that I can see how it's happened. But what I can't see easily is how we can get out of it. And when I look at the things that need to change that might lift us out of it, none of them seem that they're going to happen particularly quickly. And that's what makes me a bit nervous because I just think, okay, all right, well, we think, great, well, Norgard will be back soon and and Tony will be back soon. And, you know, and then I think to myself, yeah, but how soon? And how many, the way the games are coming now, how many can we lose without really getting ourselves in trouble just because we haven't fixed it quick enough? But again, you're talking about players missing there. But also, don't you think that, you know, okay, like I said to you, we've got some leaders missing. But don't you think that somebody else should have taken over that mantle to actually kind of fire up the players? Because, you know, or, or, or do we just only have one or two leaders? Surely there should be other leaders on there who should be able to get those players fired up so that we're playing that we, they should be. Because the thing is, we've got some very good players on that pitch. And surely don't you think that should have been the case? Yeah, we do. We do have lots of good players on the pitch. A lot of them are young, let's be honest. Even what we think of as an old, uh, ready, fully grown footballer is still a young man, you know, and... You know, I think if we're looking around the pitch at who's left, there isn't that many older... If we're just saying experience is what makes you a leader, so then, okay, you've got to look at the younger ones and say, right, are you going to be a leader now? And the answer might be yes, and the answer might be no, but they might not know themselves, and we certainly don't know. So, it's, I mean, it's a really, really telling time. But, yeah, ideally, they'd all stand up and all be leaders, but we all know that that's not always the case, especially if they're well, not. Well, Jensen, Jensen failed yesterday in, in, that, in that role, spectacularly. You, you know I'm not a fan. Jensen's one of those players who's brilliant one minute, and then he could be terrible the next minute. So is it one of those ones where, listen, you know, Jensen next season could be absolutely fantastic and he's going to take a bit of time to grow in that role. We, we don't know. <laughs> the way that we're sort of saying at the moment now is that we can't wait that time. We can't wait for him to be brilliant next season because at the end of the day, we need to go up this season. But, you know, going back to key players in the side, Katie, Rico Henry, is like he is like the best left back in this division he goes down pulls his leg we don't know what the problem is but we think you know no is it another hamstring how big a blow is that to have Rico Henry missing from our side yeah I mean I think that's massive um I have to say as a general rule I'm fairly positive and can see that there's ways out of this this mini streak we're on but I think with that Rico thing that that does not feel good that feels bad I don't know who the natural replacement for him is do we now have to change the system that we're playing as a way of accommodating that? Do we have to put Fosu or Canos in that position? In that case, we're losing up front. And, you know, obviously the, we've, we've got an out-of-form Brian. Um, so for me, the Rico thing is massive. Um, you know, just that energy, just that that skill, just that reliability, just that personality as well. Um, I, I, think, I think that's a big loss for us. I was chatting to the coaching team, you know, 
again during the transfer window because you know you flag up the fact that you know Dominic Thompson has gone to Swindon and you worried what the uh, what the options are going to be if you know we got an injury to Rico Henry. Uh, the clubs seem to be fairly confident that the standing options that we had are going to be you know good enough. Like you know we've got Mads Sorensen who stepped in you know in that game. We've also got Roslev as well, and we've also got Fosu as well, who's going to be probably the prime person to step into that role there. I think for me the only problem that you got is that you know Fosu. I'm sure that he could step into that role and he could do a, a wing back role. You know to a certain extent. You know he's not Henry, but he still do a very good job. But the problem is that Fosu has been brilliant for us up front, and we just lose him from that position, and all of a sudden it's like you know it kind of makes us a little bit weaker in other areas, especially as Brian isn't firing on all cylinders now. Sorry, yeah, well, we, we spoke about this a lot, didn't we, in the transfer window? We said, you know, getting letting Dominic um, Thompson go to Swan, um, Swindon was it was an odd, odd one, I didn't think. Not actually letting him go, but just without bringing someone else in. It did, you know, we'll, we'll find out whether we've got ad- adequate replacements, but, you know, as, as Katie just said, you know, uh, Rico is so instrumental and so central to the way we play, bombing up that wing, you know, uh, Mazbek Sorensen isn't going to do that, is he? You know, uh, so you've got, we might have players that can play in that position, but they're not going to do it like, like Rico can. And just going back one step further, you know, you said we're missing missing leaders, um, and Dalsgaard was missing. Now, Dalsgaard was not selected. He was on the bench. He could have played yesterday, and he, he has been captain. So, you know, that's, that's Thomas's decision is not to play uh, Dalsgaard yesterday. Thomas as well there's a lot of decisions and a lot of decisions that have been questioned at the moment now listen sometimes you make some great decisions sometimes you have to learn from your mistakes but talking about <laughs> mistakes this is no mistake now as we're going to go over to the man who gives us a little bit of funk who gives us a bit of smile he's also up in the vibe he's always up even the bees are down he brings us up we're talking about JB and his facts and funk let's get over to JB and let's hear what he has to say about some facts and some funk <laughs> Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. Failing to win a game away at Coventry in the second tier was really no surprise, as we've never done it. Although the previous ones are back in the 40s and 50s, we've now lost four and drawn two. It was also the 11th time we've gone 1-0 down in this season's 31 games, the first four of which ended as two draws and two defeats, with the next five converted to wins, and of course the two in the last three games, both ending in defeats. In Thomas Frank's first season, he was always able to call on Neil Morpie up front in all the league games that season. Last season, Ollie Watkins was ever-present, as was Ivan Tony until yesterday. So bringing in Marcus Force was the first time he'd had to do an enforced team change at centre-forward in a league game. February has proven to be a tough month, as it's currently scheduled we play eight games, which is the most we've ever played in the shortest month. So there you go, JB, uh, with his facts and funk. Gemma, you you like a, a bit of funk, don't you? Oh, I love a bit, love it. Yeah, I mean, how much how much do you like your funk? Oh, I I <laughs> funk morning, noon, and light, Billy. Light, you you funk your light. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> well, night, you can, night. You, 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 you can funk all you like, anyway. You know. How about you, Doctor <laughs> Katie? Do you like a bit of funk? Absolutely. Why not? 
absolutely why not so listen jb there and like i said to you you know we never beat coventry so we were never expecting to beat them so i don't even know why we bothered going there in the first place so we shall move on i think it's only fair to give the people our stats and facts ourselves as well because we always do it when we're doing quite well let's let's see how we're doing as we we've tailed off we always look at sort of uh you know, you're in for goal just to see what the slope graph is saying and they've still got brentford at the top of the expected goals chart we're still up the top there you know with interestingly Watford are now gone into second place Norwich at third place in the Justice League as they call it Middlesbrough in fourth place Bournemouth fifth place Reading sixth place um, Blackburn seventh Cardiff eighth Forest ninth Millwall tenth Stoke 11 Barnsley 12th I've got no idea where Swansea is on that one actually but they're not even in the top 12 on the Justice League um, expected goals chart as well and then their final positions they've got Norwich top Brentford second Watford third Swansea fourth Reading fifth and Bournemouth sixth but we like to go to 538 for that because they give you a little bit more of an indicator and things are switched as you can imagine now Norwich are back at their expected chart at the end of the season they're on 64 points at the moment and they expect them to get 90 points at the end of the season Brentford they got in second place still 57 points at the moment now with 83 points so a massive gap between us and Norwich they believe at the end of the season you know and then Watford currently on 57 points the same as us they believe they're going to get 82 at the end of the season so it's really tight between us two and then they've got Swansea down in fourth place with 81 points Reading in fifth with 72 points massive gap between the top four and then five and six Reading with 72 points Bournemouth sixth place with 72 points and Cardiff sixth with 70 points and they've got Barnsley um, uh, Bournemouth sixth Cardiff seventh and Barnsley eighth interestingly as well with 69 points so they've got them actually pushing for a playoff push which is fair play to them, you know. And just looking at promotion, uh, Norwich, they've got them down 87% chance of getting promoted. Brentford, 56% chance of, percent, percent chance of getting promoted. Watford, 51% chance. Swansea, 38%. Then we've got Reading at 13 and Bournemouth at 16, which is actually interesting. It's higher than Reading. And then to win the championship, they've got Norwich right out there in 82%. And then Brentford at 15%. Watford at 12% and Swansea at 9%. So we're still in there. But as you can see, and as we've been saying, we need to turn things around and just almost like, you know, we don't have to go flying. We just almost have to just do what we were doing before, drawing the games we're drawing and winning the games that we are winning. Don't we, Laney? Of course, yeah. Of course we're still in it. I mean, good God. You know, as I I said, you know, it's a a wobble. Um, We need to get back on the bike, obviously. Um, We've got, you know, the game's come thick and fast. It's not as if we've got to wait a week to put this right. We just have to make sure that we pick the the best, most attacking formation and literally go for the jugular on on, on Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday are in awful, awful form. Um, And we have to go back out and prove uh, what what we're all about again and um, they the, we we have to have belief in our players we have to support them um, they 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 did brilliantly to to get us to the top of the division we're second let's let's please not let's not uh, forget all the things that are stand, staring us right in front they're right in front of our faces yeah you know you look at the league table that's where we're at um, and you know we are second in the championship, and we've got everything to play for. Let's not get too down about what's been a, a very awkward week. But you know the, these players um, are, are more than capable. Obviously, the left back position is is a concern. 
Um, the rest of our inadequacies yesterday, um, you know, Ivan Tony is probably going to be back on Wednesday, if not Saturday, if the if the if the you know if the rumours are right, um, and we've got other players that can come in and do a better job than the Godosses and uh, the Brian and Bimos um, and, and the Canos yesterday. So, you know, expect to see some changes on Wednesday, but expect a different energy level than we saw yesterday, hopefully. Definitely different energy levels. And KEB, I mean, listen, I know we throw stats around a lot, but sometimes it gives us a little bit of, uh, just a little bit of solace, just makes us feel a little bit better. And just listening to where we are there, do you feel probably a little bit better than you did at the final whistle yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think uh, that's the joy of stats, isn't it? That um, sometimes they give you a bit more of an objective view than when, you're, when you've got your head in your hands and you're shouting at the television. Um, you know, they just give you a little bit, a little bit more clarity. Um, and I think in, in many ways, Wednesday is just like, it, that's a gift of a game, right? Because their heads are down way more than our heads are down. Um, we're a much, much, much better team. Um, we just need to get set up properly, uh, set up strongly, set up in an attacking fashion. And we need to, we need to go out there and do a job. And we know that this team, when this team smells blood, that they just go into overdrive like they did in that Borough game. So I want to see something like that. And yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about Sheffield Wednesday. It's interesting as well, because just looking at those tables that I said, I was quite surprised actually not to see Swansea in in the top 12 or what it was of the Justice League, as they call it. Then looking down at the SBI table, as they call it, it's basically how good you're performing. And what is really interesting is like, you know, Norwich, are, they're up there at 61.7. So Norwich have really picked up in their form as well. Brentford at 60.5, Watford at 59.9. So we're kind of quite equal. And then the next below us is Swansea have dropped down to about 50.7. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a standard that they use to just try and work out how you're playing overall. So it's interesting how Swansea's level are a lot lower they believe than the, the teams that are in the top three at the moment now so maybe that's the reason why in this Justice League which some people don't believe in but it just gives you an indicator as to where they are how Swansea have dropped a lot lower down um, in effect what they're doing is that they're scoring a lot of the chances that they've had and their goalkeeper is absolutely either absolutely brilliant or the, the teams that are playing them are just kind of just fluffing it all the time in front of goal but we'll see how that pans out at the end of the season because it's all about getting goals and getting the points and they'll be getting the goals and the points will they carry it on till the end of the season we will see I'm giving a quick Kofi shouts as well besotted.com forward slash beer thanks for all your support a few people giving us support like Kevin Sawyer as you do all the time big up to you Kevin as well Steve Cox as well Coxie, keep up the good work, as he says. Thank you, Coxie, as well. And also Simon, the Stevenage B. And I've tried to hold back, as you can say. Thanks very much for the entertaining and informative podcast. I always listen in. I'll chip in a beer for every time Billy gets to bite about Swansea and their style of play and tactics. Very funny. All the best and let's get behind the lads. Thanks, Simon, the Stevenage B. I am not rising to the bait in this one. As you can see, I've been very, very mellow and very, very cool about this. And I've just explained about what the stats are about Swansea, but I'm not getting drawn in anymore. But anyway, let's go over and let's talk about Sheffield Wednesday because we need to know all about what's happening with Wednesday. Let's talk to Ben Woodcock from the Wednesday Week podcast he's going to let us know everything about Wednesday. Hi guys I'm Ben from the Wednesday Week podcast a brief history about me following Wednesday I've followed him now for the last 14 years or so I'm only 20 so I have not seen the good times that we've had in the 90s and stuff winning league cups and being in the Premier League I've not seen any of that I've just seen the bad bits really. (laughs) Um, We haven't had the best season this season of course 
started with a point deduction minus twelve that we started with. If we if we still you know had that and it hadn't been reduced to minus six, we we really would have been down. As it stands, we're still going to struggle, but we're not as far away as we, as we could be. The last few weeks we have been a bit better under Neil Thompson, but even even so, I'm talking after losing one 0 to Birmingham, which has been a re- another really poor performance. So I, I am in, on a bit of a downer at the moment. Um, obviously started the season pretty poorly under Gary Monk, and that just continued and got even worse really under Tony Pulis, which of course didn't last long. As I say, it has picked up a bit under Neil Thompson, um, but. Whoever the manager is, it, it's a bit irrelevant, really. I mean, the the owner is, and what's going off higher up at the club is clearly the problem. I think that's clear for all to see. Um, <laughs> I think the vast majority of the fan base now is wanting Depon Chancery out of the club, including me. Um, I think he's more than outstayed his welcome now, but he owns the ground, he owns the club separately, so it's... We we do feel a bit trapped by him at the moment, really. But anyway, teams that have impressed me this season, I think Brentford are one of those when you come to Hillsborough earlier on in the season. Um, other than that, Swansea and, and Barnsley as well. Barnsley have had a, a really good season in c- comparison to, to last season and you'd really been expecting them to be down there fighting it out with us, but they're not, they're not too far away from the playoffs. So they're definitely one that's impressed me. Teams that have disappointed, I know they're up there, but Watford have disappointed me. Um, I think the team that they've got on paper is still a Premier League side. I don't think they lost many players when they come down from the Premier League. So for me, they should be really up there with Norwich and, and securing the automatics, not not being in the playoffs. Um other than that, teams that have disappointed me, <laughs> other than Wednesday, of course. Uh, you wouldn't have expected Derby and Forest and possibly even Birmingham at the start of the season to be some of the teams down towards the relegation zone. So I suppose for a lot of people, Wednesday have been the disappointment, disappointment despite having the points deduction. I think even if we hadn't had the six points taken off, we'd, taken off us, we'd have still been down there. So we're definitely one of those. Um in terms of our side, to get excited about there's very little at the moment. Um, before this week, he'd have probably said Liam Shaw, and then this week he's announced it's been announced that he's got Celtic signed a pre-contract agreement, and then obviously today, as I'm speaking, after the Birmingham game, he gets sent off. Which two two bookings for me, neither were a yellow card. It's it's daft for him to go into the second one already being on a yellow card, but the tackle itself, I'm struggling to see much wrong with it. So he isn't going to be one that's playing, of course. But other than that, to get excited about Barry Bannon's... Barry Bannon, he's been as shining light, I suppose, uh, through this season. So so is Callum Patterson, to be honest. Uh, He's got seven goals this season, so if anybody's going to score, it could quite well be Callum Patterson, but I, I won't be expecting us to, to beat Brentford despite the poor run that yourselves are on because most teams that that go on a poor run, I think the last five teams we've played haven't won in sort of six or won one in seven, won non, one in 11 or something like that, and then they go and beat Wednesday, which has become quite standard this season, so I expect you to beat us as well. Um who should do better in our side? 
<laughs> I think most of them, to be honest. Um, as I said, most of them. It, it, it's a struggle to even pick one out that, that should be doing better for us at the moment. Um, yeah, Brentford need the points, and I think you'll get the points. Uh, who am I worried about? It would be Ivan Tony. I, I don't think he played today I'm, against... Um, who did you play today? He played against Coventry. I don't think he played, so I don't know whether he's injured. That might that's something I don't know. That obviously you you a lot will. So if he does play, then yeah, he'd be one that I'm worried about. Sergio Canos is a good player. Um, Ethan Pinnock, he, you know, I know he's a centre half, but he he chips in with his fair few goals from set pieces and such like. So you you've got a lot of good players, and that's why you you're up towards the top top of the division, of course. So. I'm worried about all of your players in comparison to ours, to be honest. Um, for us to get a result, it's pro- if we were to beat, it's it's going to be 1-0. It's, it's going to be no more than that. Am I confident of staying up? No. <laughs> At this moment in time, a couple of weeks ago, I was more confident. A couple of weeks before that, I thought we were done and dusted, as I'm feeling now. But yeah, as I say, after I'm talking a couple of hours after losing one nil to uh, Birmingham, no, I'm really not confident of staying up. I think today we're one that we had to win to to stay up. So score prediction, I think you could after losing three on the bounce. I think you could really bounce back and hammer us. To be honest, the the, the way that, that we're playing, um, could quite easily be three. I'll go three one Brentford. That, that's as I've said. I'm talking after the Birmingham game, so I am on a downer, but is what it is. Um, so yeah, I've been Ben from the Wednesday week. Uh, glad to help out and speak to you. Thank you. So that was Ben from the Wednesday week podcast. Good chums with the old Wednesday week podcast. All of them. There's a, there's a whole big gang of them as well. Like you know, I'm saying Vic and all sorts. I speak to them all the time and. Uh, you know, we'd be going through the trials and tribulations of the Wednesday you know, with the Spadger and Tango and Vic and, you know, everybody, like you know, I'm saying, you know, just, just chatting to them about stuff. And, and uh, well, they're not, I mean, listen, we, we, we've gone through three games and we've lost three games and we're really sad. Could you imagine what the Wednesday fans have gone through? He told you all the stuff they've been going through about the managers and the owners and the players and all sorts of stuff. So I think, you know, if we want to look on the glass half full side of things, we also need to be thankful that, you know, we're actually in a really good position as a team. And like I said to you, Art goes out to our Wednesday fans. Of course, we love going up there, having a good old beer with them in the pub, you know, old James Marriott and all them lot, having a good old drink with them and, um, and, and, and watching the game normally losing, to be quite honest with you. But, um, you know, well, as we go. But listen, Wednesday, Sheffield Wednesday. So, I mean, what's going on with Sheffield Wednesday? What do we have to look out for? What are they strong at? They're good at stealing the ball from the opposition. And then, you know, not much else at the moment now. Their weaknesses, finishing scoring chances, defending against through ball attacks, protecting the lead. They're not great in the air. They're very weak at defending set pieces and they're very weak at avoiding fouling in dangerous areas. So, again, listen, I know we say this every week. These are opportunities that we can actually grab onto. But looking at that, Sheffield Wednesday... They've got a terrible record at the moment now. Their confidence is really low. Manager all over the place. Clubs all over the place. And looking at those deficiencies in their side at the moment now, there's surely there's something that we can grab onto. Gemma. 
Look, Wednesday is my favourite fixture. Whether it's home or away, it's my favourite fixture. I've got tons of friends who are Wednesdayites. We always have a really good crack with it. I mean, my first trip up there was, well, they were mid-table in the in the Premier League and we were just coming up from the third division. So, like, it's it's been a really big change and it took a long time to get to the point where we were even playing them, never mind that we might be beating them, never mind that we might be absolutely expecting to beat them because we're second and they're 23rd. And you have to say, if someone's second and someone else is 23rd, that we must expect to beat them. Um I, I'm I'm starting to think this 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 three game run has got me really really panicked a little bit and I shouldn't do it and I know better but still it has and I'm starting to get all these irrational thoughts like is playing a bad team what we really need right now we've just played bad teams and they've beaten us do we need to play another bad team does that mean that we're going to beat us so I'm starting to go a little bit crazy um, but look uh, I really really hope that we can pull it together and the fact that we should be playing a team who god they do seem to be more depressed than we are and have much much more reason to be depressed than we do um hopefully that'll be just enough to give us you know enough to get over the line whatever state we're in you know and that and that could be the thing that lifts us uh, i worry a little bit that the idea of playing someone who's in some sort of semi-crisis like us is enough to lift their heads um you know, and we say they're bad at scoring, but we're we're scoring goals for our opposition at the moment. So maybe, um, maybe they'll be think, looking forward to that. I don't know. Look, I absolutely think we have to win, and I absolutely think that we will win. And I absolutely think that you know, if it was another year, I'd be sitting in the barracks, absolutely lauding it and loving every second. But oh, I don't know. I just I've got a bit irrational about it now. Laney. It's interesting. The previous game last season as well, we uh, we, we talked about Barry Bannon, right? And there was a rumour that Barry Bannon was going to be coming to Brentford, which we thought was absolute bollocks. And so we actually created a very short feature on our podcast called Barry Bannon's Bollocks, which actually lasted for exactly one show. And after that, we um, we never used it again. But basically, we just got all the really rubbish rumours that you'd ever heard ever and just threw them into the show and we talked about them. Uh, Barry Bannon is coming back. And uh, we're going to be bucking up against Barry Bannon in a few days' time. Are you a little worried that Barry Bannon's bollocks might come back and actually haunt us, lady? No, I'm not particularly worried about his bollocks, but I'm worried about him as a player. He's, he's a good player, isn't he? Um, um, I am a little bit concerned about Sheffield Wednesday. Um, they're not they're not as bad as awful, aren't they? they? They have won a few games recently as well. They beat Wickham, they beat Bournemouth, they beat Preston. Um they are on a stinky run too. They're they're not they're they're not a, they're not a great team. Uh, we we normally go into these games with me saying, um, it's all about the result. Um, whatever, as long as we win, I don't really care if we play well or not. Um, I actually want it both this week. I think the performance is is every bit as important to Brentford at the moment as the result uh, I think we need to get our confidence back and our swagger back and there's, there isn't there isn't a reason for it uh, there wasn't a reason for it yesterday against Coventry and there won't be a, a reason or an excuse for it if we don't go out there and, and play well against uh, Sheffield Wednesday so uh, yeah it, I, I hear what Jem says and I, and I and I completely agree with her that there's you know the, the last three matches normally you know it's just kind of it's it's made made us all wobble just a little bit along with the players so I think the players need to go out and just give us all a shot in the arm Katie B this game against Wednesday 
do we need a bit of a cabinet reshuffle, as they call it? I mean, we had a bit of a reshuffle last match and there's an argument to say that we took the spine out of our team and it didn't work. But we've also got scenarios like, you know, David Ray made a massive fluff last game, you know, and, and the last few games he's made a bit of a few fluffs. Do, do, do we need to change him? You know, Josh De Silva in, does he come out? You know, Janelle, you know, I'm, I'm just throwing this into the pot. I'm not saying this is what she would do, but as, as opposed to team selection for this game, where do you think we should be going, Katie? Um, I mean, I think we should be putting out the strongest uh, attack that we can. Um, I think we're going to have to accept that maybe our defence is going to be a bit makeshift. Um, But I think if we start scoring goals, then that's going to lift everybody, that that's going to be really positive all through the team. Um, I think that Raya, yeah, he's made some mistakes, but he's also kept us in games as well. So I feel like I don't feel too sort of stressed about about Raya. I also feel very good about Janelle. Um, like I think he's been, I think he's been amazing. I think he's been really solid. Um, and for me, it's just that I want to see a really strong front line. Um, and I, you know, my dream scenario is Fosu Tony Canos um, across the front and and you know playing strong. Um, if force, if if that's necessary, but then making sure everyone understands that force needs a different kind of service um, to Tony. Um, so for me, I, yeah, as I say, I want to see a strong attacking team out there. Gemma, team wise. I, you know, I think that I think I agree, agree with Kate. Actually, I was thinking about this, and I had thought of something different with changing the midfield. And do you know what? I think that's the right way to go: is just throw everything up front, scare the life out of them, go up hard at them in the beginning, make them hopefully panic because they've not been doing well, make their heads drop, and, and go it on the front foot. The defence is, you know, most likely is going to be a basket case, and it's going to be for a little while if this Rico injury is anything like what we fear it is. And so if it has to be we're going to score one more than you, then so be it. So, yeah, just crack everything right up front and, and just absolutely bulldoze them. I think it's going to be our only tactic. And Laney, I mean, rotation as opposed to just full strength, because, I mean, there's an argument saying that players just cannot play every single game. Their muscles can't take it. Scientists say that. Sports scientists say that they can't do it. So we have to rotate. But do you feel that we just need to literally just throw in all our best players into this game and that's it well we did we we rotated yesterday didn't we so uh we can't we we can't get weaker than yesterday so we can only get stronger so uh if if they if he decided to to rest some players for for coventry he was always going to play the strong a stronger team against sheffield wednesday so he's he's got to yeah, um, I, I, th- I think the, the 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 arresting of the run and the, uh, getting back to winning ways is the the be all and end all, and I think um, you know it will be a kind of a huge relief if 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 that happens. It'd be a huge relief if we win, you know, one nil with a scrappy goal in the the ninetieth minute. You know, I'll, I'll take that too, but I just think you know I think the the pressure cooker which is you know which is inevitable um i guess because we've it's a run that's seen us go to the top of the division um and the expectation and the standards that we set uh, all the way through this season they're really it's really high to maintain it um and when you wobble um a couple of times it doesn't mean that your ability to play like that uh you know has disappeared but Yesterday, we looked like a million miles away from the team that had, had, had come back against Bournemouth. If you said that was the same Brentford team, you you, you just say, this, no, it's not, it's not Brentford, this is another team. So we need to start to, to, to take those sort of baby steps maybe back to, to, to getting that swagger and Sheffield Wednesday should provide uh, uh, the right opposition to be able to do that. Talk about swagger. 
Personally, I would have loved to have swaggered straight into the bar up in Sheffield, walking straight into the uh, into the into the bar right by the ground, Riverside, the Riverside bar, the Riverside Cafe as well. Walking in there, walking into the the, the working man's club as well, going down to see Tango and his posse down there, having beers with all our Sheffield chums. I would have loved to have been there, but we can't do it at all because obviously because of the pandemic. But fingers crossed, you know, next season things may change, but we don't know what division we're going to be and all that. But what I'll say is that we've also got to have a beer, you know, with our guys before the game. We couldn't do it. So instead, I've actually got a beer right here and I'm opening a beer. And I think you've all got your drinks as well as we're going to have a beer. We thought, tell you something, let's have a beer with Tango before the match anyway. So we've got Tango in and we're going to have a beer with Tango. The Sheffield, massive Sheffield Wednesday plan before the game. Um, I mean, glass, and I'm, I'm raising my glass to Tango here as well. And let's see what Tango has got to say about this bees match and about having a beer. Hi, Brentford fans. Tango here from Sheffield Wednesday. I hope you're all well during this pandemic. Our season has gone to plan. It's a terrible result for us Saturday against Birmingham. We've got a massive mountain to climb this season, but obviously we want to think we're on our way back. Obviously, Barry Bannon seems to be our key player. Jordan Rhodes, we've got to start playing him um, to get their goals in because we're not eating anything at the minute. It makes a big difference to the stadium as being empty, but at the end of the day, we're all in it together and hopefully soon we'll be back into the stadiums together and be able to have a few beers with you all again, like we do every season. Miss all that and miss all you. Uh, it's going to be a difficult one for us. Hopefully pinch it 1-0 and start climbing the mountain back. But wish you all the best. And one day, when we're all back together, we'll be there singing and chanting together. Love you all. Cheers, Tango. Respect to you as well. The Bees fans all out there to the Wednesday posse out there. Of course, we want to get the three points. You want to get the three points. But at the end of the day, we just want to get back in the stadiums together and have a beer. Good old Tango. Good old Tango. You have a beer as well for the Tango? Yeah, cheers, Tango. Cheers, Tango. Cheers, Tango. (laughs) It's all good. So listen, we're going to go around the table and I'm going to ask you guys and girls, and I'm actually really pleased, actually. This is the first time we've done like a four-person podcast and we've got even Stevens, two girls and two guys on our podcast. So uh, there you go. Just like wham, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's right. Who's George Michael? Yeah. Ah, yeah, cheers. Okay, so <laughs> I'll start singing. No, you don't want me to do that anyway. But anyway, listen, so go around the table there, Gemma. Give us a score prediction. Uh, score prediction, always the same. Rain or shine, 3 nil, no danger. 3 nil, no danger to the amazing Gem, Dr. Katie B. I am going to go 2-1 to the Bees. There'll be a little bit of fear, but we're going to come out of it, Victors. He's a little bit of trepidation from the Dr. Katie B. Laney. I'm going to go 1-1. One, 1-0. One. One Lady's going for baby steps forward, which is still good. Mm. And I'm going to go 2-0 to the Bees. I'm going to go, actually, defence. We're worried about them, but they're going to do the business. And we're going to score the goals that we don't think we are going to score. And we're going to be very happy. And I want to be so wrong in my prediction. I want to be I, so wrong. And I, I don't want to be wrong at all. I want to be completely right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. I once again feel better. You know, I've got it all off my chest. I mentioned Swansea how many times? Just once, you know, <laughs> and I'm not going to mention them again. Well, it's the end of the podcast. That's why I'm not going to mention them again. So I feel so much better. We didn't beat Coventry. We didn't beat QPR. We didn't beat Barnsley. We didn't beat all those teams. We got no points in the last week, but it doesn't really matter because it's all about what happens on Wednesday night against Sheffield Wednesday, who are not doing very well at the moment now. And if we got our mentality straight, we should go inside there and go for the kill. 
So as I say, I'm Billy Grant here. I've been in the virtual joint and I've really avoided checking my channels. We've got Delaney in the house. Good evening. And we've got uh, Gemma in the house. Hey. And we've got Dr. Katie B in the house. Oi, oi. And we're going to go to Sheffield. We've got to do the business up there. We've got something to say because we're going to get out of the point. We're going to say. Come on, Come on, on, on you bees. Come on, you bees. We've got to do it once. Come on. You bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.